Welcome, coaches. This is Tony Schiffman, and you are listening to the Hog Football Podcast. The Hog Football Chat was created as a way for coaches to talk about all things football and all things offensive line, and we took off via Twitter. With the help of so many great sponsors, we were able to create an amazing network of our coaching community. Now we've decided to launch our first ever podcast series. Please don't forget to check out those amazing sponsors on Twitter. This podcast series is presented by Platform, an online strength and conditioning tool that partners with over 800 schools across the country. Go check out platform.com, that's P-L-T-4-M.com for our full series and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. Don't forget to check out at Coach Schiffman on Twitter and use the hashtag HogFootballChat when you're there. We have a great episode for you today, so let's go ahead and kick this off. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of the Hog Football Podcast. Today, I've got one of uh, my guys I look up to in the coaching world, A.J. Blazik. Uh Coach Blazik is a longtime offensive line coach currently at North Dakota State. Before that, he coached in the Big Ten at Rutgers University. Uh, before that is when I kind of started to know him, was it when he was uh, at Western Illinois as the run game coordinator and offensive line coach. Um, Spent some time at Winona State and Fort Hayes State and also as a graduate assistant at the University of Iowa. Coach, how are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me, Tony. Yeah, you bet. Um, this was, uh, you know, I, you're one of the guys, like I said, I remember listening to you speak at, um, at a, a, an I-72 clinic, uh, I think when you were still at Winona State right before you went to Western. So, uh, yep. and, and you and I have got a nice connection because you coached one of my players I coached and James Torgerson. So, um, you, yes, indeed. You got a couple of years with him, so that's always a good time. So uh, just wanted to have you on and talk some offensive line, some football stuff, and, and uh, kind of pick your brain a little bit. But, um, you know, the first question I ask everybody, obviously you've got uh, a, a good, a great resume and have coached some, some really great teams, but uh, how important was the offensive line uh, to some of those really great teams? You know, I, I think it's – at the end of the day, I'll always say the quarterback's number one, but after that, it's a close second is what those guys do up front because every scheme, every team, um, you know, you're only as good as those guys up front. And I don't know the last time I saw a, a champion or a, a title contender that wasn't pretty physical, wasn't really detailed, and, and wasn't very good in the line of scrimmage. So um, I think that the ones I've been – the teams I've been a, a part of that have been really successful have always had a chance to be really good up front. Right. And, and, you know, you've, you're coming from, a, from one of the best in America right now at, at North Dakota State. So you're getting to see kind of those yeah, guys. I, are, heck, you know, and, and, and this goes to the past. You know, everybody, everybody sees the eight and nine uh, national championships over the last nine years. But, right. you know, 60 years, there's been three losing seasons here. Wow. You know, there, there's, I think it's, uh, what is it, uh, maybe eight Division two national championships through the 60s the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and mm -hmm. different heydays through that time. But um, And then, obviously, the eight FCS championships. Yeah. Um, it, it's just been built around tough nose, and I think that that's part of any good old line, Yeah, but tough nose culture. And, Absolutely. Uh, that's what's been so much fun for me the last year and a half. That's awesome. So so one of the things that, that I kind of wanted to talk to you about a little bit, and this was something that I really didn't know about you until actually got it, getting to meet you when you uh, – came to, to Springfield High School to recruit was that you were a walk-on at University of Iowa, correct? Well, it, I was, it, it was pseudo. That's kind of correct. I, was, okay. I went to uh, Butler Junior College, 
And because out of high school, I was a Mike linebacker that thought I was, you know, Zach Taylor back in the day. Right. And, uh, not very big and not very fast. And there's not a lot of people that wanted those. So um, one of my dad's old players and Troy Morrill, who went on to be the head coach at, at Butler, said, come on over. We'll make him a center. You know, I played O-line also. And so went from being a slow linebacker to uh, <laughs> uh, somewhat athletic O-lineman and kind of went from there. And with two years, had really good guys around us. I think we had like nine NFL guys on our team. And Oh, wow. Well, everybody came to see them and they said, hey, who's this guy? And you know, Coach Ferentz was just taking over the Iowa program. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't even have his coaches hired yet, but he knew at the line of scrimmage he was short some numbers. And, and so, you know, when he called and, and talked to my Juco line coach and, you know, Troy said, hey, he's tough and he'll play his tail off. And that's what Kirk knew he was going to build Iowa's program around. Right. So, you know, he, he hadn't even seen much film on me, didn't know I was a one guy, I don't think. <laughs> but uh, – but offered me, and so I, I went to Iowa, played two years there after two years in junior college. Right. So, so how? I mean, was that what? What was that like? Kind of being in that rank of junior college, and then then kind of making that jump to the Big Ten. Was it? Was it? Was it tough? You know, I talked to Angus Reed a couple of days ago, and and he kind of made his bones being a, an undersized offensive lineman, and and I'm I was an undersized offensive lineman. So, you know, did you? Well, I think Did you like just not work everybody. Where I mean, obviously, you had a little bit of talent to play in the Big Ten, but correct, was it correct. just a work ethic thing? I think it's a work ethic. I think it's a mentality um, that you kind of have to figure out. You, you know, when you're and it's any position. It's you know, Jerry Rice wasn't the fastest. He wasn't all right. that, but he, you know what? Enough people passed on him that motivated him. And you, you listen to a lot of these stories. Very rarely do you find the most gifted player is the most mentally tough also. So where's that balance? You can't have a guy that can't move at all and he's really tough. That that won't make it. Right. So it's a mix. And I, I see myself in recruiting looking at this a lot, you know, especially at the FCS, you get all these kids that the Big Ten is, you're my next guy or you're the next guy on docket. You know, I, we make, hey, you know, I got two tackles next year that will be draft picks and a, I mean, I don't know, six seniors next year, a center that, comes back and he keeps it all glued together. You get these mm. great players and he puts us all in order. And, you know, so I, I'm coaching guys at the FCS level. You know, we open up at Oregon and they're excited to go play. You know, right. should, odds are against us. Yeah, heck yeah. But they got the best pass rusher in the country. These guys are fired up to go get a chance to – that's their mentality. Yeah. And I think if you recruit the right guys, that's part of the multi-sport thing is just you compete in different arenas individual sports I got four teammates I got 11 te- got 10 teammates whatever mm-hmm. but I think that you got to be wired that way because we've all seen the great players that just never make plays because it's not that important to them right and and I think you know you kind of touched on a little bit in recruiting and I'm kind of the same way as being that you know going back to again being that undersized guys we we know kind of sometimes the eyeball test isn't, isn't the, the, the end all be all. Sometimes you want to let, let's look at their film. Let's look at, you know, for us at, at our level, division three level, Hey, let's look at that five foot 10, 245 pound guard. He can do it. And, and so it, it, it you have to really kind of get down to it and look at them and, and really, really be a good, good, good judge of, uh, of play. So 100%. Yeah. So, you know, the other question I kind of had talking about that and, and you kind of touched on a little bit, but, um, I'm kind of curious kind of how it was as a coach in the Big Ten. You know, you coached at Rutgers for three years as as an offensive line coach and and, and assistant head coach. And 
the Big Ten is sort of seen as kind of the I'll use a hockey term, the, the black and blue division a little bit. And, and what was it like being a, an offensive line coach in that, in, that, in that league, seeing all these great run teams and seeing all these guys that are getting drafted and great running backs and, and being around that? Well, I think it was awesome. For, for, first off, you know, to coach the group and get them ready to play the Ohio States, the Michigans, <laughs> the Penn States. The, you know, Michigan State is as good as any, you know, defensively right. anybody in the East and that, that division was a lot of fun to coach in. I learned a lot of football. Um, you know, a little just you learn so much more on personnel matchups and, and the detail that you think you know. You know, I think you can coach at any level. You see a lot of great high school coaches go be really good in college. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we had a guy, uh, Nunzio Campanelli from Bergen Catholic, very successful, um, comes to Rutgers and he's as sharp as anybody in the room. And it's not X's and O's. It's sometimes it's it's the detail and what you see and and then the, the tough part is is recruiting, you know, or right. at, a, at a lower level when I was in D2, you can hang your hat on, if I'm taking four linemen, three of them could be just tough nose, maybe slightly undersized. You play in the Big Ten East, you might get one of those every other year. <laughs> you got to take guys physically that are, that are going to fit a mold, fit us. It's a little more NFL-esque, um, you know, so I think that's probably the biggest difference is just adjusting to – you know, some of your answers that might work at, at one level, when you go to the next level, it happens even so much faster. Right. You, you got to find a slightly different tweak to how you're going to answer some questions. Right. You know, there's good coaches at every level, but there, there's not many bad coaches the higher you go. So every week is, it's got to be on. Everybody's got their niche. What do you see in it? And, and you know, I'll, I'll never, Chris Ash was, was a huge opportunity for me to go coach in the Big Ten and you know, to, to learn a lot of football, but yeah, that, that's really the biggest thing you see. Yeah. And, and then, so kind of, again, going back to, to now North Dakota state, what, how was that experience and how that, I mean, I see it on TV obviously, but, but how, how rocking does that, does that place get on, on game day? I'm telling you. And I, I heard it, obviously I came up here, I played in it as an opponent, uh, been a visitor, and, you know, it's, it's, it's tough. You know, I think we had – and Torgy was on one of the lines, you know, James right. was there. But uh, I think we had three false starts in the first two drives. And we were pretty <laughs> good. It wasn't like we were a mop-up team when we right. came up here. And uh, it was just – it is a rock concert and a football game breaks out. It, it is lights go out, thunderstrucks playing, the two jumbotrons, you know, the length of the field got bison roaming the prairie. It is wild. And, and the fans, you know, people talk about what's the advantage. The advantage is the people in this part of the country. You know, we have five states surrounding us with one NFL team. Right. And the, the Vikings. You got Montana, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Iowa. There's no pro football. Right. Every game we play is piped into their, their TVs and their homes. And so it, it is, it's an environment that, that's really, really cool. It's as good as anything I've been in and, I've been in a whiteout at Penn State. I've been in a black and gold night game at Kinnick. I've been, it is right up there with as good as I've been around. Yeah, it's, that's one of those. It's definitely one of those. If you're a, if you're a true football coach, it's kind of one of those um, bucket list places to go see a game and, 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 um, and experience that. Because, cause I, I mean, cause like I said, you can, you can discuss it all you want. You can talk about it and watch it on TV. But until you're actually there, you are uh, – you, you don't know what you're, what you're talking about. So. There is no doubt. Yeah. So, Coach, last question I've got for you, and this is, um, this is something I ask everybody. I, I actually even interviewed my dad last night and asked him this question. 
Um, if you could pick uh, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen, and, and this can be guys you played with, guys you've coached, guys you've coached against, guys you've just you know guys you've watched from afar and been a fan of, who who would be on that Mount Rushmore? Oh man, that that's a. I tell you what, I, I some old school, some new school. Uh, probably it's the, the the school I came up through, the Iowa, the Joe Moore, the kind of the guys you look up to. Um, you know, I, I think Orlando Pace is one of the guys just yep. from his size and the way he played. I I put I retweeted a couple things of him the other day. I think he's a guy. Um, you know, I, I see it to this Kevin Malway down at. Uh, I think he's coaching Arizona State now. Yes. But when I was coming up, he was a guy that, uh, you know, you really watched him play the game and play it the right way, physically violent, tough, nasty, and then is the nicest guy in the world away from football. <laughs> yep. Um, you know, and it, it sounds bad when you're coaching the last 10 years. You don't get a chance to watch as much NFL film. and But, uh, you know, I, those are two guys. Let, let me see here. Uh I think because I heard enough stories about him, you know, Jonathan Ogden played for Kirk yeah. and the Ravens before he left. And just everybody saw him as the player, but it sounds like his football IQ and his understanding of angles and leverage and, you know, was just off the charts mm -hmm. from a guy who you talk about, you know, as coaches, we always say if we go back and play how much better we'd be. You know, I, I think, you know, Kirk always made it sound like he was a guy that played as a coach and yeah. do it as good or better than a lot of them. So, um, you know, he'd be a guy. And, and obviously, you look at these guys, size is part of it. But it, it's what they did with their size that, that, uh, that made them Hall of Famers. Oh, absolutely. And, and so those are three guys that I would probably say for sure. And then, uh, oh, heck. <laughs> I, I have my guys watch Yonda. You know, I, oh, yeah. I know Marshall. Um, the way he's wired, his nasty, his grit. But once again, one of the best people outside of those three and a half hours on game day. But when it's time to go, he's going to tie it on and go. And mm -hmm. sore, bumps, bruises, cuts, scrapes, twists, that's just part of it. And, yeah. you know, he, he grew up a tough-nosed kid, and that's why he was a tough-nosed, you know, everyday guy. So, you know, those are, those are four guys that I would probably hang my hat on that I tell our guys to watch a lot. And there's a whole lot more out there. You know? There really is. It's – I was actually just telling my guys the other day we had a we had a Zoom meeting and I said guys go go watch just go watch YouTube you know just go spend an hour on YouTube and watch all these clips of all these guys because it's all there at the at your fingertips and just look at what some of these guys are doing because it's it's amazing what what some of those like you were talking about size it's amazing what some of those guys can do at at that big of bodies and that oh. athletic well and I think the biggest one is you know, see some of these guys that do it for 13 and 14. Yeah. Go to the Matthews family. And, I mean, there, there's so many. And O-line's one of the ones that I think the media, once you become a, a unique player and personality and character, and, and they can they can make you go from one of the best ever to now you're noticed by everybody being right. remembered. But if you turn the tape on, I, I love – our guys come in. We have a board in my, in my, uh, my office that uh, they come in and – They'll pick out their favorite team is what it starts, and then they start watching, well, this guy's pretty good they're playing against. And, you know, they come in and they find guys that use techniques like we talk about a lot, mm -hmm. and they start putting names up. And so it becomes a board of, hey, if you, you want to watch a guard play zone-wise, watch this, or you want to watch some polls from certain teams, 
watch this guy. and He's really very efficient in what he does or pass sets. And so we have kind of like an all-star board going. And some of them are no-name guys that are really good at certain techniques. And I think that's fun when, when our guys can appreciate that part of the game and not just chase the TV guys all the time. Right, right. Yeah, that's that's a good. I'm, I might have to steal that, Coach. I'm just letting you know right now. So <laughs> we we have our own all star team from year to year. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I like it. Um, okay, Coach. Well, before we finish up, if you want to go ahead and drop your uh, Twitter handle and any other information you want these guys to know, we'll uh, we'll get you out of here. Hey, feel free to follow at Coach Blige. You know, I I do a live a lot of fun stuff, and my my Twitter is number one for our fans at North Dakota State and, and, and engagement in our program and what Coach Ince is building up here and, and continuing to build, but. I mean, it's been a long tradition of a lot of people at North Dakota State. It's just happy to be a part of it with some of the great line coaches that have been through here, head coaches. It's fun to say, you know, I, I get a chance to coach one of the best places in all of college football. That's no doubt. Well, Coach, I appreciate you coming on today. And, and uh, stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Tony, you're the man. Thanks, buddy. All right, we'll see you. Bye-bye. Thanks again for everyone listening, and remember to go check out platform.com for the full series of Hog Football podcast episodes. We want to thank everybody for their continued support, and be on the lookout for our Hog Football Chat series from Twitter on our website, hogfootballchat.net. You can check out all of our great sponsors and tons of awesome conversations from the chat and the podcast.